Is that you, Sergeant? This is Murphy. I'm in the Hillcrest Apartments on Sheridan Road. Yes, that's right. Just north of Lawrence Avenue. I think somebody's been murdered, and we'll have to break in. Send the wagon, will you? Don't know a damn thing yet, he added, evidently in reply to a question. Hurry up the wagon. He replaced the receiver on its hook, then turned to Marsh as he stood up. I think I'll hang around the door up there until the boys come. Much obliged for your help. You'd better go back to bed now. Oh, no, objected Marsh. I couldn't sleep with all this excitement going on. And then Mr. Ames is a friend of mine. He would want me to look after things for him. Murphy looked Marsh over in evident speculation. The man was tall and broad-shouldered. His face was clean-shaven. The features were strong, with a regularity that many people would consider handsome. He was what one would call a big man, but this appearance of bigness arose more from a heavy frame and exceptional muscular development than fleshiness. Murphy took in these details quickly, and the pause was slight before he spoke. "'Who's Ames?' he said. "'The man who rents the apartment upstairs.' Then apparently taking the matter as settled, Marsh added, "'I'll go along with you.' Murphy grunted. Whether in assent or disapproval was hard to tell, but as he climbed the stairs again, Marsh was close beside him. Murphy placed his hand on the doorknob and shook the door as he violently turned the knob. The door was securely locked. Then he threw his two hundred and some odd pounds against the door itself. The stout oak resisted his individual efforts. No use, he muttered. I'll have to wait till the boys come. The two men sat down on the top step to wait for the coming of the police. They chatted, speculating upon the possible causes of the disturbance. Marsh, however, seemed more interested in getting Murphy's ideas than in expressing opinions of his own. At length they heard the clang of the gong on the police patrol as it crossed Lawrence Avenue. They stood up expectantly. An instant later there was a clatter in the lower hall as the police entered. They mounted the stairs rapidly, two officers in uniform and another in civilian clothes. "'Where's the trouble?' cried the latter as the party climbed the last flight. "'In here as far as I know,' returned Murphy, as he jerked a thumb over his shoulder toward the door of the apartment. "'I can't get a rise out of anybody. We'll have to break in.' Marsh stood aside while the four men took turns, two and two, in throwing themselves against the door. It creaked and groaned, and from time to time there was a sharp crack as the strong oak began to give. In the meantime, the murmur of voices came up from the lower floors. Presently, faces appeared on the landing, just below where the police were working. Marsh leaned over the rail and in a few words outlined to the excited tenants what was going on. Intent on their work of breaking in the door, the policemen paid little attention to their audience and apparently did not notice that the door across the hall was still closed and silent. Murphy, however, recalled this fact later on. At last, with a crash and a splintering of wood, the lock gave way and the door flew open. All was darkness and silence before them. The five men stood grouped in the doorway, listening intently. The black silence remained unbroken, save for the labored breathing of the men who had just broken in the door. The plainclothes man then brought forth an electric pocket lamp and flashed its rays into the entrance hall, while the others drew their revolvers and held them in readiness. Then all stepped into the hallway. This was a large, square entranceway, with four doorways opening from it. Two closed doors faced them. As they discovered later, these led to a bedroom and the bathroom. The others, one opening toward the front of the apartment and one toward the rear, were wide archways covered with heavy velvet portieres. The plainclothesman found the wall switch and turned on the electric light. Instructing one of his companions to watch the hall door, he led the others in a search of the apartment. Seeking for the electric light buttons as they moved about the apartment, 
The men soon flooded the rooms with light, each man with revolver ready and intent on searching every corner. None of them gave much attention to the fact that Marsh was dogging every move, apparently as keenly on the lookout as any one of the party. Their inspection revealed nothing more than that the apartment was apparently in the same condition as its tenant had left it. The door to the outside stairway at the back was locked, and the key was missing. In addition to the regular lock, a stout bolt was in place. The catches on all the windows were properly locked, and all the shades remained drawn down close to the sills. It was an empty, locked apartment, with no outstanding evidence of having been used for a long time. The police, now joined by the man lately on watch at the door, stood nonplussed in the kitchen. The plainclothes man uttered an oath. Then he addressed his companions. I've seen some mighty fishy situations, but this trims anything I ever ran up against. Ain't been just hearing things, have you, Murphy? A swig of this homemade hooch does upset a man dreadful sometimes.